Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. No one in verse 16, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may, what? See the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed, note this, how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Were you with me last week? I told you uh, one of the many, many, many qualities that I like about Jesus is that he was a simple preacher. He was a casual kind of guy. If you are the kind of person, there's nothing wrong with this, but if you are the kind of person who likes formality, who likes the robes, who likes the, you know, formality of church, the big chairs, y'all notice we don't have any big chairs, then that's fine, but you you won't like Jesus' style very much. Jesus was a casual preacher, a very simple preacher. And Jesus, as he preached, he liked to use stories. Last week, were you with me? Just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Okay, it's a good number of you. You know those stories we talked about are parables. The word parable means to throw alongside. Jesus told stories in parables, and Jesus told stories in parables for two reasons, if you're taking notes. Number one, to reveal, and number two, to conceal. He told stories in parables to reveal the truth to those who were hungry at heart. And he told stories in parables to conceal the truth from those who had a hard heart. So a parable, listen, will awaken and harden at the same time, depending on the hearer. You know, somebody once said the, the same, like, like the sun, S-U-N, the same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. The same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. So if your heart is soft, you will understand. And if your heart is hard, you will become harder. Notice in verse 16, Jesus continues to give a parable, this time the parable of the revealed light. And again, parables lighten or parables darken. 
like a light in a room when you turn it on. It shows everything in the room. Light removes darkness and light reveals danger and light shows you the way to go. Doesn't that make you think? Write this down. Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Anybody know the rest? And a light to my path. Light reveals blemishes. It's very interesting. You always look better in dim light. (laughs) Isn't that true? You know, you like your fancy, really nice restaurants. Have y'all ever noticed this? Was it just me? But they have dim lights in these restaurants. You ever notice that? You always look better in dim lights, especially if you want a date with somebody. And, you know, you look at them across the table. They look nice in dim light. But you bring that light up, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. You look better in dim lights. In my bathroom, I've got, you know, uh, the light switch thing. And I, we had a little bathroom renovation a while ago. And I put a little dimmer light on there. And uh, I did that because, you know, when you, not because it's pretty shocking when you flip on the lights in the morning, although it is pretty shocking, but I just happen to think I look better in dim light. So in the, so you go in there in the morning and you, I turn it on, I look at myself and I go, hey. <laughs> and I leave the dim lights on for quite a while. So lights reveal blemish, but lights also, listen, saints, also reveals the truth. And the truth by nature is meant to be revealed. Don't you remember when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, so let your light shine that men may see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. Can I tell you something? Listen, light isn't heard. Light is seen. It's so easy to talk about theology. It's so easy to talk about your position on this or that or your position on end times or your position on eschatology or soteriology or whatever ology. So easy to talk about your position on things and so easy to talk the talk, Christian, but do you walk the walk? Is your light seen is what I'm asking you. If you were to hang around some people, would they know that you were different? They might not know you're a Christian, They might not be able to articulate that, but would they be able to look at your life and see that you're different? At work, when they're telling like the off-color jokes and talking about stuff that's kind of inappropriate for Christians to be talking about, do you jump right in there and laugh with them? Or do you like, you know, hey, let's talk about something else. Can people look at your life? If you never told anybody you were a Christian, can people look at your life and just see light? Light is seen. And don't misunderstand me. Should we tell people we're a Christian? Absolutely. Should we share our faith? Absolutely. Should we be the kind of people who go out and verbally tell people about the love of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. How else will the world hear? But the Bible says that we are the light of the world and your light should shine Christian. Notice in verse 17, nothing, look at verse 17, nothing is secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be made known and come to the light. Therefore, take heed, will you circle this in your Bibles, how you hear for whoever implied has ears to hear. Remember in verse 8 of the same chapter, 
So here is implied, take heed how you hear, for whoever has ears to hear, to him it will be given, and to him who does not have ears to hear, what he has will be taken from him. You see, Jesus is talking about the relationship between the hearer and how he responds to the truth that is revealed. Those who didn't want to hear the truth of the parable, it was concealed. Those who wanted to hear the truth was revealed. Notice in verse 18, so take heed how you hear. You know, in my prayer, let me have your attention. In my prayer, I prayed, and I pray this for our church, that we would take heed how we hear the word of God, that we would not be a church, listen, we would not become a church where we become a group of people that is just an audience, but that we would be disciples. Do you understand? There's a difference between an audience and a disciple. Churches are full of audiences, people who just come because it's Sunday morning. They come for whatever reason. That's an audience. We don't want an audience. We want to be disciples. A disciple is a learner. We have to take heed how we hear. And do you understand, listen, when you come to church, let me tell you a little spiritual secret. When you come to church, you have to come saying to yourself, if you will, I am going to come and hear and attentively listen to what the Spirit of God has to say. Do you know sometimes you have to purpose in your heart that you're going to hear what God has to say because Satan will do everything he can to keep you from hearing what God has to say? Can I get a witness? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You have the God to say, I'm going to hear what the Lord has to say and focus on the Lord. Satan, listen, Satan does not care whether you come to church or not. You can come to church every day of the week. You can come to church when it's closed. Satan does not care whether you come to church or not. He does care, though, if you come to church, you hear what God has to say, but then you take it and you go and become doers of the word. You're a disciple. Isn't that what James said? James chapter 1, verse 22, as James said, be doers of the word and not just hearers only. You see, an audience is deceived because the truth is revealed. It goes in one ear and out the other, but a disciple hears that he might do. We have to take heed how we hear. Let's move forward. Look at verse 19. And then his mother, look at verse 19. You're looking at it? Then his mother and his brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But Jesus answered and said to them, I love verse 21. My mother, can you read it with me? My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Now get the scene here. Jesus is in the house. I don't know why every time I say that, I want to go, Jesus in the house. <laughs> whoop, whoop, Jesus in the house. And he's teaching. Jesus continues, as you read the gospel, you can see that Jesus continues to make these remarkable claims about himself. He claims to be the healer. He claimed to have power over sin and, 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 and the power to forgive sin. 
And the religious leaders were getting outraged. And then one day he's walking through the grain field. As you put Matthew and and the gospel stories together, he's walking through the grain field. And the Sabbath police heard that he has said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And now they want to kill him. Now, you got to understand when Jesus said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, he is claiming to be God. Listen, there are people who say that Jesus never claimed to be God. They don't read the Bible. Over and over and over again, Jesus claimed to be God. When he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, that is a statement of deity. He is saying, I am God. So obviously, listen, the word, this word had gotten out to his mothers and his brothers. Joseph is probably, many scholars believe, Jesus' stepdad, that he is dead at this point. So his family hears that Jesus is making these outrageous claims about himself, and they start thinking, man, he must be working too hard. They they start thinking, and he's delirious. He's gone off the deep end. He is claiming to be Yahweh God. Do you understand Jesus' brothers, his own brothers and his disciples, did not at first believe that he was God? And think about it. I don't know that I would either. I mean, you grow up with him. Jesus had a normal child life. He had brothers and sisters. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, and Jesus, think about it. I mean, they're sitting in the kitchen over a bowl of Cheerios or something. And Jesus looks up and says, hey, I'm the Messiah. And they do just what y'all just did. They laugh. They didn't get it. They didn't understand that Jesus was God. I mean, think about their older brother really being the Messiah. So the family hears that he's claiming to be God, and now they think, we better go get him. Well, when they came to get him, they couldn't get to him. Someone went and told Jesus that his mother and his brothers were here to see him. And Jesus said, my mother and my brother are those who hear God's word and do it. Don't you find this interesting? The mother of Jesus couldn't get close enough to Jesus. Interesting. To me, a former Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 10 years. And in Catholic school, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, I was taught that you should pray to Mary. Anybody know where I'm going? You should pray to Mary, and Mary will take your prayers to Jesus, and Jesus will answer your prayer. And Jesus then again will tell Mary, Mary will go tell the priest, and the priest should tell you. It's like, look, by the time we go through all them channels, I don't, forget it. It's too much. But this is what I was taught, and don't misunderstand me. Out of all respect for Catholicism, that is not what the Word of God teaches. We want to notice right here in our text that Mary, Jesus' mother, came to him, and yet she couldn't get to him. Now, two things I want to point out. Again, out of respect to Catholicism, having been a former Catholic, uh, certain things that the Catholic Church teaches are unbiblical. And one of them is that Mary was a perpetual virgin. They teach that Mary never had any other children beside Jesus. In Catholic theology, or might I say, Maryology, 
that they, they say that Mary was a perpetual virgin, that she ascended into heaven, that she never had any more children. Listen, the Bible is clear. After Mary gave birth to Jesus, she had other children. Where do you find that at, Rodney? Matthew chapter 13, verse 55 and 56. Write it down. Look it up in your own time. But it talks about Jesus' brothers and sisters. The second thing I want to point out is Jesus says, my mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and they do it. Do you understand something? Please give me your attention. Do you understand something? When you become a Christian, you inherit a family. You become part of the family of God. And that means that every believer in the entire whole wide world is your brother and sister if they know Jesus Christ. You have a really, really big family. It's called the family of God. You've got your natural family, of course, the family you were born into, but then you have your spiritual family, the family of God. You become part of the family of God. And I don't know about you, but sometime, more often than not, I feel closer to my spiritual family, to my church family. I feel closer to some, some of you than I feel to, with, my, with my natural family. I feel closer to the family of God. I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is kind of awkward. <laughs> Anybody want to tell the truth? You in church, tell the truth. You know it is. All these people come together. Hey, 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 how you doing? Yeah. Hey, what you been doing? I haven't seen you in a while. All these family members. Well, what part of the family are you? What part of the family are you? Thanksgiving is kind of awkward because some of these family members that I really don't know who don't know the Lord, I don't really have that much in common with them. Because they want to, you know, some of the family members who don't know the Lord, they want to talk about making money. And I want to talk about the Messiah. They want to talk about sex, and I want to talk about the Savior. They want to talk about, you know, blasting people with their mouth, and I want to talk about blessing people with my mouth, that we don't have anything in common. I'm closer with the family of God, the church, than I am with my own family. Patty Brewer. Patty Brewer is a sister who goes to this church. Anybody know her? couple people, yeah. She is a serving, silent saint. I'll tell you, the baskets, the little boxes the, the, for the candy things, she made those. Patty, about 10 days ago, we were at the hospital, and she had a lump of cancer the size of a tennis ball in her stomach. Went to the hospital stayed with her and her husband for quite a while. And um, while they were in surgery, they were looking to see if the cancer had metastasized. That means that it had it spread. And they got down to the ovary. She had one ovary taken out about 30 years ago. They got down to the ovary and found out that the other ovary that was left is surrounded by cancer. And Patty, she loved the Lord, and she is so sweet, and she has opted no treatment. And she said to me, she said, Pastor Rodney, she said, um, you know, if, if God's ready to take me home, then I'm ready to go home. 
She says, I don't want to go through treatment and all that. I'm excited to be with Jesus. She said, Pastor Rodney, aren't you excited that, that one day you're going to be with Jesus and you're excited for me to go to be with Jesus? And I said, kind of. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I was kind of. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to say, you know. And, uh, but she, I called her up yesterday. The Lord just kind of laid it on my heart, and I called her up, and I said, hey, Patty, how you doing? She goes, oh, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Oh, you and Miss LaVire got to come over. You got to come over. We got to have dinner. We got to talk. We got to talk. And I said, how, how you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fine. And she just began, oh, I'm just so excited. Someday I'm going to be with Jesus. I called her up to minister to her, and she wound up ministering to me. I was like, Patty, you should be the pastor. I mean, <laughs> and she says, uh, she says, Pastor Rodney, she says, I, I don't know. She said, Patty's been here about a year and a half in this church, and, and I've really gotten to know her real well in the last two months. And she said, you know, I feel closer to, to you and to the church than I do my own family. And I said to her, I said, I feel the same way about you. It's like only God, anybody know what I'm talking about? Only God can, like, take people who don't, know each other from different parts of the world, different sects of society, bring them all together in one place, and then knit their hearts together in love for one another. You should clap your hands because only God can do that. Only God can do that. Take all kinds of people. I told you last week, all kinds of people go to this church. All kinds of people attend this fellowship, and yet it's one body in Christ, and only God can do that. Only God can take families and meld them together. You know, there's a lot of blended families nowadays. I have a blended family. My wife, when I married her, her, her husband had passed away, and he had been dead for seven years, and then I married her, and she had three children with him, but then we had two more. So now we have a blended family. When we all got married, we have a blended family. And I've come to learn that families, listen, families really have very little to do with biology and more to do with spirituality. Families have, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. That's okay. Families have everything to do with the cross. Families are formed at the cross. Jesus himself is hanging on the cross. He looks down and says, John, behold your mother. Jesus is hanging on the cross talking about family that is formed at the cross, that happens at the cross. So pray for Patty. You remember some time ago I told you when I was going to India and I had some mission work to do there, and I needed a lot of prayer because of where I was going, very dangerous area. And I asked you to put my name on the refrigerator so that you wouldn't forget to pray for me because I know that a lot of y'all go to the refrigerator a lot. <laughs> so I figured that's the best place to get prayer. Say amen, church. Let the church say amen. Amen. So I had you put my name on the refrigerator. Can I get you to put Patty's name on the refrigerator and pray for her. She is a lovely, sweet sister of this fellowship. I called her yesterday. We talked for a good while, and then I called her back. I said, Patty, I said, I'm going to talk about you in church tomorrow. Is it okay to give, give, 
give you a name in church? And she goes, oh, yes, no problem. More people praying, the better the Lord knows. <laughs> That's fatty. One more thing, listen. Jesus kind of, look at this, look at this. Now, you're not careful, you might miss this. Jesus seems to kind of, in this text, he kind of sets the record straight. Notice in verse 21 again, my mother, my brother are those who hear the word of God and they do it. Jesus kind of sets the record straight as everybody, listen, is on the same spiritual level. Mary isn't better than anyone else. Now, again, unfortunate that the Catholic Church elevates Mary to a position that she doesn't belong. I honestly think probably she is mortified at the way that people revere her, even saying that she is a co-redemptress. You know what that means? That in Catholic theology, and again, I have to say this with respect, I want you to understand that, but in Catholic theology, they teach that Mary helped Jesus in bearing your sins and redeeming you from your sins. They call that a co-redemptress. And I I just got to think that Mary is like, what? Mary's probably like, what are they talking? Look, I was in the upper room waiting on the Holy Spirit with everybody else. And then the Holy Spirit fell and she was filled with the Spirit. It's just like everybody else. And don't misunderstand, is Mary just like everybody else? No, I do not think she was just like everybody else. Mary was special. I mean, let's just face it. She had the privilege of bringing the son of God into the world. She is the mother of God. I would think that puts her in the category of being special. Anybody here had that privilege? No, you haven't. So yes, she is special. And there's things that Mary knows about Jesus that only Mary knows because she was his mom. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.